Aloha, and welcome to my Messy Little Life podcast. This is episode 41, one of those days. At the beginning of the summer, I had my son fill out a worksheet I had made to give me some ideas of how we could spend our time during the break. That, and to make sure we didn't spend the entire 10 weeks on screens. The worksheet had four columns. Five quiet time activities I can do by myself. Five things I might like to try. Five things I would like to do more of. And five ways I can move my body. Some of the activities were repeated in different columns, like yoga and hiking. Some were predictable, like swimming, art, and feeding the birds. And some surprised me, like surfing, gardening, and learning to cook. One of the activities he listed under things I would like to do more of was stand-up paddle. We'd done it once last summer with some friends of ours, and we had a really good time. It's silly, really, that we don't do it more often, considering it's offered for free with our club membership as part of our community, and it's located in the lagoon across the street from where we live. I have a feeling what might have been holding us back is it starts at 7 a.m. Because we're in the last couple weeks of summer break, I referred to the list to see what we could cross off before he went back to school. Kind of a last-minute scramble to have fun, in case anybody asks him how his summer was. So I signed us up for stand-up paddle. The night before, I made a big production of how we had to go to bed early, since we had to be up much earlier than we had been lately. The truth is, we haven't really gotten that far off of our school night sleep schedule, but we also hadn't woken up to an alarm in quite a while. The fun thing about anxiety for me is that I can set an alarm and worry all night about being jump scared out of sleep, or I can not set an alarm and worry all night about oversleeping. Either way, worrying is the theme. And I tend to wake up several times and check the time just in case. The thing is, I always wake up way earlier than I need to. Sometimes I can actually force myself back to sleep, but mostly I'm guilty of grabbing my phone and scrolling through it for a solid hour before getting out of bed. On most days, by the time I get up and get going, I've already texted, emailed, Googled, stalked people and read the entire internet. So because I knew I had to be up by a certain time for the first time in a while, I had a terrible night's sleep. My son, who has somehow made his way back into my bed, has recently started grinding his teeth. He also never seems to stop moving the entire time he's asleep, but he is a solid sleeper and nothing wakes him up. By the time morning came, I felt like I had been awake all night and I had a bad kink in my neck. For a minute, I thought I might have a migraine, but I realized I was just completely thrown off schedule and out of sorts. I've reached a point in my life where sleeping in a bad position and being woken up a few more times than usual is pretty much the equivalent of staying up all night with a bag of Coke and a bottle of Kettle One. I felt like absolute shit. I stumbled around putting on my bathing suit, packing up water and snacks, making breakfast, and throwing our beach chairs in the car for after we were done. 
Then I had to give my cat his pill. My 17-year-old cat, who I've had his entire life, who is otherwise healthy, has recently been prescribed medication once a day for 30 days. The medication is in a pill form, which I have to give him every morning, one hour before he can eat. This cat, who is the sweetest, most loving thing, is still a cat with claws and teeth and a healthy amount of fear of just about everything and isn't falling for any of my shit. So basically, I have to hold the back of his head, pry his mouth open, and shove the mayonnaise-covered pill down his throat and then hold his mouth closed until he swallows it. But of course, that morning, he kept turning his head away, trying to push my hand away with his paws, and spitting the pill out onto the kitchen floor. After about five tries, it had finally gone down. We got to the beach on time and met up with the instructor to be given paddles and boards, but I was all over the place tripping over myself, bumping into things, not knowing my right from my left. It was a disaster. I was basically making a fool of myself. And to top it off, the sun was directly in my eyes, so I couldn't see a thing. We finally made our way down to the beach to get started. Instead of standing, I chose to sit on my knees and try to get the hang of paddling. With every stroke, I would veer off to one side, until I finally figured out that I had to switch back and forth. I looked back to check on my son, who had a blank expression on his face. I couldn't tell if something was wrong or if he just wasn't awake yet. After circling the lagoon a number of times, I realized that I wanted to take pictures of him before it was time to come in. So I dragged my board onto the sand and fished through my bag for my phone. It wasn't there. I grabbed my keys and I ran up the beach and across the grass to my car. My phone wasn't there either. It's usually the last thing I grab on my way out the door, but being the mess that I was that day, I must have left it on the counter without, without noticing. So I ran back across the grass, across the sidewalk to the sand in my bare feet and slid across the concrete. I let out a little yelp and luckily caught my balance before falling on my ass. I kept on going, running down the beach to find my son. As he was coming in and trying to pull his board up onto the sand, he had a look on his face. I said, how's it going, love? And he said the words I hate to hear the most coming out of his mouth. I feel a little bit lightheaded. After my husband died, I was working full time and trying to juggle all the things on my own. My best friend had convinced me that it made perfect sense to hire help, that plenty of people that work full-time, especially single moms, pay people to do work for them. So I gave in and hired a housekeeper to clean and a babysitter to entertain my son and help him with his homework. I was so excited to get started that I had them both come on the same day while I worked from home. When I told my son about it, he was angry. He said, I don't want a bunch of people in our house. Because he's exactly like me, he doesn't adapt well to change or new things or disruptions in our home. But I really didn't feel like I had a choice. 
So while the cleaners were scrubbing down the shower and my friend's teenage daughter was having my son read aloud on the couch, I was at the dining room table on my laptop trying to work. I could hear my son's shy, timid voice practically shaking. He hates reading out loud the most, which is why I thought I would have someone else tackle it for me. But then he stopped and he said to me, Mommy, I don't feel good. I had a feeling he was just trying to get out of reading, but I couldn't blame him. There was so much going on. So I told him to take a break and come and drink some water. He walked over to the table where I was sitting and he took a sip. But then he said, more frantically, I don't feel good. He looked a little pale and I thought he needed to throw up. So I stood up to run with him to the bathroom, but he didn't run. He just stood there looking straight ahead. And then he fell backward, stiff as a board, onto the living room floor. I fucking panicked. I didn't know what was going on. My logical brain stopped working. I looked at the babysitter and I screamed, help me. She calmly said, okay. The cleaner heard me scream and came running out to help. When she asked what happened, the babysitter said he fainted. That had never occurred to me. I had no idea what was wrong. When he hit the ground, I saw his eyes roll back in his head and then close, like a machine shutting down. And I just couldn't even function. The cleaner grabbed her phone and called 911. She and the babysitter went outside to direct them to our house, since we live in a complex where it's easy to get lost. My son opened his eyes and asked me what happened. I told him he was going to be okay and that the ambulance was on their way. He was so scared. He was lying still, afraid to move. And then he said to me, if I pass away, I love you. The poor thing thought he was going to die. When the paramedics came through the door, I pulled the first one aside and I said, here's the thing. His dad just died and he thinks he's dying too. And she said, got it and got to work. He checked out fine. Heart rate, blood sugar, oxygen, whatever they tested for all came back normal. I think he probably had a panic attack. She said to me, if this or anything else comes up again, just call 911. It's free for us to come out and assess him. And I've held on to that, reminding myself of it every single time I'm about to panic. So when he told me on the beach that day that he was lightheaded, of course I was a little bit concerned. The challenge is that kids, well, my kid anyway, is the worst source of information there is. Almost anything I ask him is answered with, I don't know, or it's hard to explain. And he gets motion sickness in a car, on a boat, and, as we just learned, doing somersaults in judo. He's terrible at remembering to drink water, so he gets dehydrated. So I've learned that dizzy, faint, thirsty, overtired, overwhelmed, all equal, I feel a little lightheaded. It doesn't always mean he's going to pass out, but it sure does give my anxiety a whole lot of ammunition. So we found a spot in the shade for him to sit and drink water while I hauled our boards back up the beach. 
I had originally planned on sticking around, floating in the ocean, and reading my book, but was thinking we should probably just head home. While we waited, trying to decide to stay or go, an older man came over to make conversation. He and his wife, who I've seen around for years, had been paddleboarding as well. He asked if we had a good time, and I told him we did, but my son wasn't feeling well. We were chatting and talking story when, as it usually does, the conversation came around to my husband. I told him that I lost him three years ago. And with my son sitting right next to me, he asked, what happened? What I don't think people realize when they ask me how my husband died is that they're asking me to relive the worst day of my life, that my body remembers the phone call, the shock, the guilt, all of it, and that I feel anxious the same way I did when I found out because a part of me still can't believe it's true. And for some reason, the words, what happened, makes it sound like an accusation of some kind. I heard someone say once that the way she avoids having to respond to people's nosiness was by saying, why do you ask? It makes them realize that it's none of their business without saying that in so many words. I love that line so much but haven't gotten up the courage to use it. So I took a deep breath and summed it up in one word, suicide. He said, oh, wow, that must have been hard. And I agreed that it was. I was painfully aware of the fact that my son, who is usually not with me or distracted by something else when I'm talking to someone about this, was just sitting there, practically a part of our conversation. Then the man said, I had a cousin once who, and I looked at him, shifted my eyes to the side toward my son, and looked back at him again, like some sort of signal. I held my breath and prayed that he wasn't going to finish the story. By some miracle, he picked up on it and said, we won't talk about that now. And I said, no, let's not. It was just one of those days where all I could do was shake my head. Was it a full moon? Was I getting my period? I felt like I was in the twilight zone. I decided to call it a day, even though it wasn't even nine o'clock in the morning. So I packed up our things and we made our way back to the car. I was ready to go home and hide under the covers for the rest of the day. But when we walked through the door, I saw that the cat had thrown up in the hallway. And of course, in the middle of it all was that damn pill. I give up. Thank you so much for listening. You can follow my blog at mymessylittlelife.com and you can follow My Messy Little Life podcast so you never miss an episode. Until next time, take good care. Aloha.